0: Kelly skiing and slipboarding in the mountains around Revelstoke is the subject of a new song and homemade video produced by a New York City resident. Revelstoke gets a shout out in the video, and local companies Eagle Pass Heli Skiing and Revelstoke Backcountry Guides are featured in the video. If you haven't heard the video, uh, please uh, head to our website and check out the story and follow the links. Eric Ria, also known by his MC name Rick Rigler, created the video after a trip to Revelstoke uh, earlier this year. In his song, he raps about splitboarding, heli skiing, his quiver of boards, and his mountain lifestyle. I caught up with Eric by telephone from his home in New York where he owns an office furnishings and interior design company. Rhea, who's 45, grew up in Michigan and started, rap- started rapping when he was 13. After graduating from college, he got into the music business, where he worked in A&R. He got to work with some of the biggest names in the business, including Eminem, Quincy Jones, and Columbia Records. I chatted with Rhea about how the video got made and his involvement with the National Brotherhood of Skiers, a long-standing organization of black skiers and snow borders in the u.s ria's videos about skiing have been pretty low-key he told me he threw together the rebel Stoke video on the flight back home but he may be getting more exposure soon when i called him he was speaking to the representatives of free skiing star lindsey dyer they were looking for some music for one of her upcoming edits and they liked rick Rigler's stuff so eric thanks for talking to me today Absolutely, happy to be here. Mm. So, first of all, your music video, The Backcountry, is making the rounds in Revelstoke, uh, and Revelstoke does get a shout out in the song. Uh, you are here riding with Eagle Pass and uh, Revelstoke Backcountry Guides. Uh, tell me about the video. How did it come about? So, the video came about, um, it's, it's part
1: two. Every season for like the past couple seasons now, I've been doing a ski and snowboard anthem to rap songs it it allows me to blend basically two passions I've had two passions in my life I've discovered one being music and hip hop and the other being you know my love for the mountain and being on the mountain in snow throughout my life I guess my music career or or interest has, has, has dwindled a little bit but I get to still play with that in terms of, of, of melding two passions together. I started skiing when I was like four years old, and so that, that, that's a long lifetime for me. It's like 40 something years, 40 years on the mountain basically or um, a little more. As a result of that, I, you know, you look back and you see which, which of your two passions outlast the other one, and I really only kind of dabble in the music when it comes time to, to put some lyrics wrapped around my love for the mountain and snowboarding. So how the song came about was the snow snobbery for anybody who really truly has a love of this sport and gets out and does it. You can do all the resort stuff that you want. You can do all the chairlift and gondola runs that you want, but at the end of the day, fresh powder becomes an addiction and finding that thing is just something it just you know that, that we all need in our lives at some point so it becomes that becomes the driving passion so you know the first song I did was more of a general song that the general snowboarder or skier a family person could kind of understand there's just some lingo and talk in there about you know specific gear or snowboards and things like that but as I started getting into backcountry riding with you know with my crew it opened up a whole new area and the second song, the backcountry song, actually, you know, it's, it's great. People can get it and they can rock to it and understand it. But then you realize when you listen to the lyrics that the only people who can truly grasp what's being said in the song are people who ride and ski in the backcountry because there's so much jargon and so much... You know, lingo and, and chatter in there. That if you don't do it, you don't quite understand it. Um, so I had to do it. It's just something that I uh, know to authenticate what's being done and say it in a perspective of uh, that people in the community could understand it. And then, as an African American guy from the United States, well, I mean, from, I guess from the United States is obvious, but you don't see that many African Americans, I guess, in snow sports a lot. From from the average person's perspective, who might be in it, but especially when you start to go even broader into it, like you're doing backcountry hiking and touring and helicopter, you know, tours and things like that, it's kind of it's an enigma for a lot of people to say, "Whoa, where these people come from? Where these guys come from?" Like even when we did the thing with Eagle Pass, we asked them, if they ever had a group of all all African American people do you know a tour?" And they were like, uh, "No, we haven't. <laughs> you know, we welcome it." great but we haven't done that so so then to be able to kind of open the world up to the idea that wow man this is broader than we thought there are people who actually love this that we might not actually ever see out here doing this and then to be able to bring the flair and the flavor of something that is that is historically or culturally like the music that that uh you know is a part of my lifestyle and my culture and my and where i'm from and meld that with with something else I'm passionate about. It, it kind of bridges two worlds and opens up a whole broad dynamic and horizon for people to say, "Whoa, man! We didn't know that you could honestly bridge these two things that seem so far apart from each other." And somebody, in, in a lot of people's minds, say, "This is like uh, this is a good and creative, honest meld of these two things, and we see where it goes." Mm-hmm. If that makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah, it does, and that's what stuck out for me—the the melding of the two two worlds. You know, uh, in the in the video, you're talking about swallowtails and rocker boards and split boards, and even you get into uh, avalanche safety. In the video, uh, you're talking about doing beacon checks and uh, holding off on your plans if if the avalanche conditions are bad. I'm I'm wondering, as far as you know, is there anyone else rapping about mountain life, skiing and snowboarding? I, I can't say I've heard anyone else.
1: You know, I saw while we were in. Revelstoke I think I saw a pretty like funny video of some guys rapping it was kind of more of a comedy thing it was about like old people being on the chairlift or something I can't even remember the song but um but it was more of a comedy thing I think as as, as, you know that was uh it was interesting it was funny but it was more from a comedy perspective or standpoint yeah
0: so so you you've cornered the market so far I I guess so. It seems that way. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but uh, Avalanche Canada is based here in Revelstoke. Maybe you could do a collaboration with them. Uh, You know, people can remember lyrics from a song way better than uh, reading an instruction manual. Maybe an Avalanche 101 video? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, for
0: sure. So tell me a little bit more about the, the National Brotherhood of Skiers. That's an organization you're involved with.
1: Yes. So the National Brotherhood of Skiers. You know, which, which people aren't, a lot of people aren't that aware of. But basically, it's an organization that was actually founded in Detroit, where I'm originally from, ironically, in the 1950s. NBS is the area, but the National Brotherhood of Skiers is an all black organization, basically. It's an international organization, but it's made up of ski clubs, ski and snowboard clubs from all over the country and some outside. There's a big group in, in, in the UK called the Nubian Ski Club. Is also part of the NBS. So this organization basically started in 1950s in Detroit. It was at a time, obviously, when you can imagine in the United States, if you're a black person showing up at a ski resort, it's like, okay, what's this going, what's this like, kind of get into a golf, you know, club, golf golf uh, club or whatever. But made up by a group of African-Americans who love the sport. And it, it's been around since, you know, since the 50s basically, but really in the very early, I think 1970, what 40, what 40, I think this is the 45th year or, or of the organization. So it's been around basically since almost I was born. Mm-hmm. I was born in 71. My first time, I think, at an NBS summit, which every year they do what's called the the Ski Summit, which brings out probably about, you know, to some mountain, which is usually on the West Coast. It'll bring out usually about 3,000 African-Americans who all love skiing and snowboarding. And they're all at this mountain for an entire week, basically. So, And this has been going on since, like, the early 1970s. So this brings, like, a whole group of people out spending massive amounts of money at the mountain, buying gear, buying clothing that it's just a small portion of the larger scope of the world of, of African-Americans in snow sports and in, in winter sports that, uh, that, that the companies don't really take advantage of the opportunity that, wow, man, there's a whole demographic and a whole market out here that really loves this. We just don't notice it. And it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't really register, but the mountains, it registers because when we show up, of course, you know, when you take groups out, let's say you got a group of 50 or a group of 100, you know, the mountains love that. They're like, oh, if people are coming out with a group, we'll give some discounts. Well, when you're coming out with two and 3,000 people, it's, you know, on an annual basis, it really, uh, there's power in that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's financial power in that, and it's just the love of it. So my parents actually skied with, the first club is a group called the Jim Dandy Ski Club. And, uh, you know, my parents skied with the Jim Dandies for a while. They introduced my brother and sister and I to it when we were kids and brought us on board, you know. So that's why I fell in love with it at the age of four years old. And so my parents kind of stopped for, for some years. My brother and I were the two in our family that kept up with it. I'm the one who kept more of a passion for it. My niece and nephew do it now. My brother still goes skiing. The various ski clubs or snowboard clubs make up the entire organization, basically. So there's about 50 or so clubs, I think, that that make up the whole organization, that all come together. You're a member of the club, you pay some dues or whatever and, or to be a part of the club, which is usually the nominal dues, and then you can register for the events, and they're all kind of perks, like you get discounts on all the stuff at the mountain when you're there, where you're buying clothes at the stop, shops. Your list tickets are discounted, and it's a great thing, and it's just a way for, I mean, I think it goes without saying, anybody who does this knows the camaraderie and the the the, the unwritten rules of, of connection and camaraderie that come with being a snowboarder or a skier and how it instantly bonds you to people who do this like in a way that nothing else seems to be able to. I think you would agree with me on that, right? You can make friends around the world just out of the strength of the love for the powder and the mountain and, and, and those become like these lasting friendships that you, you just, you know, undying like inv- invaluable friendships no, right.
0: well, that's what that's what it's all about yeah so i wanted to ask you about that so the nbs i was reading reading up on the website uh, before the interview and and like you're mentioning you your ski summits can, can attract thousands of uh, members do you guys ever go across the border into canada and and if so what could revelstoke do to get on the map with the nbs and maybe attract uh, the ski summit or one of its uh, you know smaller spinoff events
1: track the smaller off group. You may not get the entire NBS, but you very well could. And I would put you in touch with the person who is responsible for deciding the mountains that we go to. Like the past few years we've been doing Vail Resorts, not Vail proper. So we did, you know, there was Aspen in 2011, there was Aspen again in 2013, or Snowmass, really, basically, um, which gives you access to all four mountains. But, and then this past February, end of February, beginning of March, we were in Keystone. So, you know, it, it's it's great because it either makes use of an epic pass or a mountain collective and people throughout the season are going to use that pass. So that is helpful, I guess, in having those passes, but also the deal that, you know, that the organization can kind of work out with the mountain, the mountain being welcoming and saying, okay, this is what we can offer you because you're going to be bringing a bunch of people here to spend a bunch of money. But what I will tell you is this, the trip that I did in Revelstoke was with the Jim Dandy Ski Club, which is still the Detroit club, but they put the trip together. And we actually were 65 people, I think, in Revelstoke. It wasn't just a few of us. There were 65 of us there. We all stayed for an entire week. I think maybe there were only 12 of us that did the, did the you know, Eagle Pass heli, and only, what, four of us, I think, did did the, uh, the skinning tour with, um, with RBG, the Revelstoke Backcountry Guide. But there was... 60 other people there, 50-something other people there at Revelstoke and Kicking Horse for the entire week. And we all came together and we all left together.
0: So... I noticed uh, a few days after I first – we've been trying to get in touch for about a week or so. A few days uh, after I first contacted you, I noticed that Sea Revelstoke, which is the tourism marketing organization here in town, actually posted your video to their Facebook feed uh, saying check it out because obviously they liked it. So I'm sure uh, um, after this uh, interview, or if not already, they're on your radar, and I know they do a lot of uh, destination marketing from all around the world and uh, maybe uh, hooking up with uh, – the National Brotherhood of Skiers, at least dropping them a line might, might be an idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Like Whistler's, Whistler's hosted, like, I think 2003, the National Brotherhood of Skiers summer was in Whistler Blackcomb, right? So that was a ball. We had a great time. There was probably 3,000-plus people at that one. Um, you know, two years after that, it was in Vail, and so there's one F the very big one is every other year, on an, uh, and that was this year, so that's an odd number year, like the 2015, 2017, so the odd number years is the big summit, and in between, in the even number years, it's called what's called the mini summit, which will probably bring out maybe half the number of people that would come on the odd number years, but that's still a lot of people, man.
0: Well, well, we'll do our best to uh, to get you up here because uh, we, we want another uh, video. And uh, I better wrap this up. I've been talking to Eric Ria, uh, also known as Rick Wrigler. He's got uh, two videos out there. The newer one is The Backcountry, uh, which has some mentions of Revelstoke and uh, was shot around here. I look up the Backcountry radio edit on YouTube. And the other video is Shorty Wanna Ride the video, uh, the snowboarding version. That's actually uh, the one that I found at least is on uh, Vimeo. Eric, thanks for taking the time Time to talk to me today.
1: Aaron, thank you. It was a pleasure, man.
0: Thanks for listening to the Revelstoke Mountaineer podcast. After a couple of years of intermittent podcasting, we're stepping up efforts to publish more frequently. You can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're interested in keeping up to date with what's happening in Revelstoke, add us to your podcast feed. Thanks.